I'm Dennis Farrell, and he's Canada's national treasure, Petey Williams. What's up? How's, how's she going, eh? Ooh, you almost botched that one. We, oh, almost. You, you, you messed me up with the music, man. I'm like, who's... Who's the sound guy today? I, it's you know what that's. By the way, this is twice we've recorded this podcast, and twice I have, I botched the lowering of the music. So there we go. It's my fault, Petey. Hey, you know what? We'll just have to hire a new guy. I mean, it's the we're gonna have to outsource that or something like that. Delegate our tasks. We have the same budget uh, impact has right now, so we can't. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. You're, you're stuck oh, with me. So we're going to start like that, huh? We're going to start like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm spitting fire today, P.D. Williams. Spitting fire. I guess so. Keep the, it coming, man. As the kids would say. Let's, let's jump right in. We have a lot to talk about on this week's podcast. Uh, SmackDown, P.D. Williams, is now going to Fox. It sounds like it could be on FX or Fox Sports 1. It looks like it will be Friday nights in a three-hour show. Ellsworth and myself discussed it uh, earlier in the week. What are your thoughts? Um, well, see, that's interesting, okay? I have a lot of thoughts on this. So, and we don't know what network they're going to, well, Fox, right, and the Fox affiliated network, but we don't know exactly where they're going to end up, it seems like, but three hours, man, like, they already have the majority, like when you do the, you know, when they did the brand split with the draft and stuff like that, more guys were drafted to Raw because they had a three-hour show. And now SmackDown's two hours, that's why they had less, you know, talent on there. Now they're going to have to get more talent, which means more calls from NXT. Just, I mean, that's a lot of content, three hours. Um, now, Impact, on our, in our early days, our first actual television contract was with uh, Fox Sportsnet. Um, I don't know. Is that the same as Fox Sports One? I think it might be. I think it's so. very similar. Yeah. Okay. So if it's on that, uh, I mean, I don't know. I I I feel like USA is a bigger network than uh, Fox Sport. Just just to me, uh, I don't know. Um, if it's on FX, I think that's a bigger. To me, that sounds like a bigger network than. Fox Sportsnet, they FX. And that'd be cool if it was on FX. I mean, they have a lot of good shows on there and everything. Um, I don't like the three-hour move. I mean, it's it just, you know, just watching Raw last week, like the first first hour of the show was like pretty much like an in-ring segment followed by a singles match followed by it rolled into a tag match. And it was like a, a one hour of Roman Reigns at the beginning of the show. I mean, that would never happen if we had a two-hour show. Um that's just my thoughts right off the top of my head. I'll tell you, I've gone back and forth because WWE has never felt bigger when it was when it was all on USA. That being said, I like the fact that there's a brand split. Now there's going to be a channel split, but they need to do more to... I guess further separate themselves from the raw brand. I I I told James Ellsworth I want to see a different set. I want to see something totally different than what Raw is doing now. This is their chance to really sell this brand split. And then on the flip side, Fox is paying 
what a billion dollars over five years for this product who are they who are they going to have because now you you can't tell me fox would be happy with the roster it has right now on smackdown with that kind of money invested in it they're going to need a bigger splash yeah so i agree with that um a couple things so now where's the money they look at like our big you know their big contract now is with uh, Fox, right? And then I don't know when their USA contract is up, but then they're going to be like, oh, whatever. We know we're not going to be right resigning with them. We already have a guaranteed money with them. So we can pull all our guys from Raw, kind of like switch the rosters pretty much, um, and put all our, our big superstars on SmackDown now. Uh, and that way they can shop around and then shop Raw somewhere else, whatever. However, now you have a Friday night time slot. Friday nights... I mean, is it going to go from 8 to 11? I mean, they already did it once, a Friday night time slot, when they were on a Sci-Fi. And it's obviously going to be a tape show. I don't see them doing a live Friday night show. I just I just don't see it happening. And the one good thing about SmackDown is that it's on Tuesday now. It's live. You know, it's, it's good. Live shows are always better than tape shows because you, you don't read the results ahead of time. If you want to watch it, you kind of either DVR it or tune in during it and all that kind of stuff you can do surprises all that kind of stuff i love live way better than taped i know that like on impact when we do live stuff like our pay-per-views or uh if we do like a live like when i did my re-debut when i came out of retirement it was a live show pretty much i think it was like taped late by an hour and a half but it was still pretty much live and they held all the big surprises for for that for that show because they know they're not going to get tweeted out or spoiled and all that kind of stuff. So live's just so much better. And I, I just don't see it happening on, on a Friday night. So, um, that's some kind of bad things. And yeah, they're going to have to bring some big stars. I mean, we might be seeing, it seems like Roman Reigns is their guy. Roman Reigns is going to be switching to SmackDown now. Maybe Brock switching to SmackDown. SmackDown might become their flagship show now. Boy, I hope for WWE, they do not make a tape show their flagship show. That would be horrible. I mm-hmm. the SmackDown was never worse than when it was on taped when it was taped in like God, what network would do? I don't remember what network. Sci-Fi. Yeah, it was on Sci-Fi. It was that was the worst SmackDown has been in my opinion was when it was doing that. Don't go back to that. Yeah, I mean, they got to keep it live. I don't know how they're going to do it. I was going through my head. I'm like, okay, you know, what they probably do now is they do their their their, their TV shows Monday, Tuesday. Their off days are like Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe like the Raw brand, they're off Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Go back on the road Friday for a house show. Um, SmackDown Brown probably does Saturday, Sunday, Monday house shows. Have their live show Tuesday, and then they're off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So they can always like finagle it around where everybody's off kind of on – uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now that's their three days off, and then they leave. You know, Raw has a house show on Friday, while SmackDown has their live show. They could do that, but I just don't see houses being that good on a Friday, on a Friday night, like from eight to eleven. Maybe, but there's just so much other stuff going on with concerts and like, uh, and they're booking arenas and stuff like that, and they'll have to compete with all that kind of stuff. And I, I just don't. I don't see it going well, but you know what? It's about the money. I mean, they're getting guaranteed money no matter what happens. If it's live, if it's not live, if nobody shows up, 
they they have a huge contract now, and and that's what it's about. And it's about their and their stocks are going up. So, to to them, when it comes to business, that's the most important part. Yeah, man, I'm I'm very curious to see how this plays out because it will change whether I watch SmackDown or not. I try to watch as much live as I can. Sometimes things get in the way, but you know it changes the way the podcast game reviews are going to be. And, and I don't know if they, people thought about this or not, if it even is a factor, but think of all those podcasts now you listen to on your way to work. And if SmackDown is on Friday, are you going to listen to the SmackDown report on your Monday of a podcast? I think it's really going to hurt the podcast wrestling industry. Yeah, it, oh, it definitely will. But, I mean, WWE does not care about podcasts. The only podcasts that matter to them are probably like, you know, Stone Cold's podcast and, you know, maybe a, maybe a couple others. I mean, it's not even, they, they don't, they don't care about that because it's not, it doesn't make them any money pretty much. No, nobody's paying WWE for doing a podcast about their show. I mean, it's just, it's free advertising, but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, heck impact's not paying us to do one either for their show. So we're all right. I'm 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 digging impact. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking impact. While That's it's down good, today. man. Keep it coming. So, Petey, let's jump in and talk about this Buffalo trip. We were talking about it on the last hundred podcasts. People got tired of listening to us talk about my main manager debut, the trip to Buffalo. I listen. I would say ninety-five percent of this trip was fun for me. Yeah, I would say so, and I, I I remember we had a late addition to the trip, a kind of surprise passenger. I remember uh, what we filmed on Wednesday. We had to bump back to Wednesday, filmed with Frankie, and then I think on Friday, the day before the trip, I said, hey, we got somebody coming with us. And you know, it's funny, because I knew we would have somebody come along with us, and I texted you okay. earlier in that week and said, hey, is anybody coming with us? And you're like, nah, not that I know of, which wasn't a big deal. So then Thursday, you text me and say, hey, guess who's going to be driving with us? And I'm like, who? And it was Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah, Jimmy. So he was at uh, DeMora's house because they just did uh, him, Don Cowes, Sanjay. Uh, Abyss. Was Dreamer there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Abyss. Did he say Dreamer was there? Or I, no, I, probably not. I tried not to listen. Like I wanted to be over there and watch you guys talk about the boards. But then I just didn't want to be like the nosy friend, so I kind of kept my distance while you guys were doing that. Yeah, so they had their production meeting um, a few days prior. I think everybody went home the day before. Jimmy stayed in town because instead of going all the way back to Chicago where he lives right now, it's closer. So I think that's when he texted me. He's like, hey, you know, uh, how you how you getting to the show? And I said, um, you know, I'm driving with – I mentioned you, and I said – do you, are you at, I asked him, I figured he was at Scott's. I'm like, are you at Scott's? You want me to pick you up on a long way? He's like, yes, that would be great. So yeah, and it all worked out. And then you got to see Scott's mansion and his indoor pool and all that kind of stuff. And then the, the, the storyboard where we fill the boxes and write the show and all that kind of stuff. So man, you were really in that day. I, I had preconceived notions of who Jimmy Jacobs was. I've, I've never heard an interview with him. Not just because it's never come down into my YouTube. I've never seen it. You know, uh, I've I've only know of Jimmy Jacobs of what I've seen on the TV, which is a horrible way to base a wrestler, by the way. And yeah. 
and the Bullet Club story where he got fired. That's that's that is all I've been exposed to Jimmy Jacobs. So when he gets in the car, introduced talk, it blew me away because Jimmy Jacobs is the same person he plays on character. Like I use the word metrosexual where and not in a bad way. He he likes to pamper himself, which is okay. But it's the same exact person and I was and I was surprised pleasantly surprised and it really made me like him more. Yeah, I mean I well, I've known Jimmy for and I mentioned this before for like w- whatever it's been over 15 years or whatever and Jimmy's always been like that. It's just that, you know, like over 15 years ago, um, you know, like for example, Jimmy paints his nails, you know, toenails, fingernails, he wears eyeliner, uh, does his hair, maybe wears clothes that, I don't I don't know if it's women's clothes, but like a woman might say like, hey, I like your shoes. Where'd you get those? I want to buy a pair. I, I don't know. He, he carries a purse, all that kind of stuff. But when I met him like back in the day, you know, he'd wear eyeliner and Back then, like it's, it, it was, I don't know, a, a little bit more, I guess, odd for somebody to do that. I mean, now it's like totally socially acceptable. It, it doesn't matter or anything like that. But back then, you kind of go, oh, he wears eyeliner. That's kind of interesting. Um, but you know, back then, we might call that type of person like a goth person or something, or, or what do they call it? like emo or, or or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, that's that's Jimmy, and you know, but that's just his appearance. Like when we were talking in the car, did you think he was like as intelligent about wrestling as he is more so? And here's, here's what I told. Cause I had teased it on the Doug cast with James Ellsworth, this story for tonight. And okay. I said, as much as you and I have talked over the last year plus doing this podcast, I really felt like I was learning the wrestling business. And by learning, I mean lower level kindergarten if I had to put a grade on it. I felt like maybe I was in second and third grade where I don't know everything. You've taught me a little bit about booking. I'm starting to, and you've heard over the year, my pitch has been better when I pitch you stuff. So now I'm starting mm-hmm. to think of what's next and and how to draw stories together. Uh, I Look, I don't know how to put a match together. I never will. It's just, you know, there's a science that comes with learning. And that's just, I'm not a wrestler. Now, listening to Jimmy Jacobs talk, I felt like I, I didn't know anything. You know, if, and I said this on the Doug cast, and I'll say this here. And I truly mean this. If you're a podcaster and you're listening to this. If you write articles, I don't care if you're the biggest guy or the the blogger on a site that you run yourself. If you think you understand no wrestling, you don't. And I'm in the same category now after talking to Jimmy Jacobs where I thought I knew it. Uh, he did say one thing that rubbed me the wrong way, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But I really learned a lot by listening to him. Yeah, and I mean, and all, all the stuff that that Jimmy says is 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 true. Like I, I have a different uh, philosophy when it comes to people learning the business, um, like when they're performing and stuff like that. And I mention it in the car, and Jimmy says, "Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of guys are are, are taught that way." Like I like guys to say, 
for, for me to not tell them what to do. When you're a, a leader in anything or a manager or a coach or anything, the worst thing you can do to like somebody that's learning from you is just tell them what to do. You kind of, I feel it's better and they learn better if you guide them. And then if they have an idea, say, okay, go with your idea. And if it, if it works great, you know, if it does, that, that was their idea. If not, they'd be like, okay, you learn from your failures. You know, you dust yourself off. You oh, I'll never do that again. Rather than, you know, Dennis, if you came up to me and said, I want to do it this way. And I was like, no, you shouldn't do it that way. And I explain it. And you're like, no, and you never get to do it that way. One day you might get to do it and it, and it fails. So I, I like for people to like, you know, experiment and stuff like that. Like when I was brought in, um, with Demore and stuff like that's what he liked to do and I remember my first match he said I said oh, okay my name's you know PD Williams I said okay what's my character for tonight this is my very first match and he goes hey, stop all that it's like you are PD Williams today you're a wrestler PD Williams you know you're gonna learn how to work first and then you can develop your character later on after you learn how to work so that's the way he he likes to do things so with a lot of the stuff I do like just getting the person in front of the crowd, allowing them to work, not worrying too much about their character to start off just to get the jitters out and to get the feel because there's going to be so much going on the first time you go out there that it's not going to be perfect. So you just kind of focus on little things. But Jimmy's perspective was a little bit different, right? A little bit. And what I needed to hear, by the way, it was a little harsher. Uh, yeah, and that that's another thing. Like Jimmy, Jimmy's a lot more harsher. Like he'll... He'll he'll dig into you and like why and like kind of but that that's the wrestling way too a lot a wrestling a lot of guys do I would say the majority of the guys do it that way but I'm I'm we're friends Dennis I'm not like and I've told you before I'm not like uh, a lot of the other wrestlers like I like oh, I know I, I, you know what I mean I just I, I don't do things that way just because I hated it when people did it to me. You know, I just that's I didn't feel like I learned well that way, even though that's the way the wrestling business did it. I didn't feel maybe I did, but I just I didn't like it. So I don't like to to teach that way. Jimmy, though, it, it he does. And it works for him. It, it works. It was eye opening and I respected him for it at the end. I wasn't mad. I I don't know if I was even hurt. I you know, I think I had my moment where I'm sitting back there and I'm kind of pouty. Because I was just like, ah, oh, man, I was so – and this was my call. We'll get to that here in a second. There were so many amazing conversations in the car. I'm not going to talk about it here. Uh, you know, there are privacy issues. I don't want to be the guy spilling the beans. Uh, you know, if if he wants to come on as a guest and talk about some of the things we talked about that were what I would believe to be on the record that, you know, don't, don't say this, then maybe yeah. we can ask him those questions. But – I don't want to ever cross paths with him again and go, hey, uh, you you were not supposed to talk about that. What the heck were you doing? So in in all fairness to him, we're going to leave a lot of that conversation out, which, by the way, I wish we could talk about. And we probably will down the line when Jimmy gives us the okay or we have him on. But holy cow, how awesome was some of that stuff? Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, you're looking at, what, four hours there, four hours back? Um, and it was, it was not like a dead silent car. It was, it it was a lot. I mean, I remember, and it was a lot of laughing too, because his delivery on some of the stuff, 
you know, <laughs> when he kept saying zombie princess and stuff, we won't get into that. But I mean, he, he, he's right about a lot of things. And, you know, obviously he talked about WWE and, uh, you know, the things that he learned there. And, you know, he, he's, he's just, he's brilliant. And I'm glad I get to work with him in management and behind the scenes at, at Impact. Do you think he likes me? Like I said, Jimmy doesn't really like anybody. I shouldn't say that. It's not that Jimmy doesn't like anybody. It's just that, you, like, okay, this is why I think he likes. I, see, I don't know if he likes you. I know Jimmy and I go way back, so he, Jimmy likes me, and he knows you're my friend. So it's kind of like that stamp of approval right there. It's like, oh, this is Petey's friend, so I can't disrespect him. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll I'll like him. I'll get along with him. And all the advice, I mean, he gave you. It was hours. Like, I know. He didn't have to say anything. He could have shook his head and said, like, You're whatever, dude. Yeah. Like, that's what he could have did. That, that, if Jimmy didn't say anything, then I would have been like, he doesn't, he doesn't care for you. But the fact that he spent hours talking to you, explaining things to you, and, and just like everything, it just goes to show that he cares and it opens your eyes and he gives you a perspective that, you've never seen before, right? Like the stuff when he was saying like, Hey man, you you know, like what, since you're a little kid, you know, you want to do this, all that kind of like when he was saying all that kind of stuff. And and we'll talk about that here in a second, but I, I will say this, that he, he took the time to kind of say, Hey, if I hurt your feelings, I'm sorry, which I mean, I think that was nice. And he was spot on about everything. And I wasn't mad or hurt. It opened my eyes. And look, I'll jump into the story now. So we're towards the end of the trip, and it comes out he didn't know that this was going to be my first manager gig. He's like, oh, what's your thing? Tell me. So, you know, I tell him that I'm kind of going with the lowest common denominator, rich a-hole manager, right? That's just the easiest thing to pull off in a pinch. Uh, Then he goes, amazing, what are you going to wear? And he's right. I, I had a... A nice little button-up shirt and a sweater vest hanging there, which my wife picked out, and some nice pants. And he goes, really? That That's what you're going to wear? I go, well, what's wrong with it? I was kind of going for the underrated Mean Street Posse look, you know, the sweater vest. And he's, yeah. like, and he's like, no, no, I don't like it. Which, that you know, if the sweater, dress, if the sweater vest was pulled off right, maybe it would have worked, maybe it didn't. But then he's like, it has a stain on it. I'm like, son of a bitch. I, <laughs> excuse my language, podcast fans. I, but I just was like, here it comes. You know, and I think you looked over at me and I had that look of, here it comes. And he just he just goes in on me, which all well deserved. And he's like, you know, how long have you been a wrestling fan? I'm like, all my life. This is a dream opportunity. And he's like... It's a dream opportunity, and this is the best you can come up with, which he's right. I should have put way more work or way more thought into a character, and I took it for advantage. I took advantage of the situation, and I I needed that slap. And you tried to step in and, and, and calm him down and disarm it like, ah, no, it's not all his fault. You know, He did ask me for help, and I said no, and I'm like, no, no, I need this. You know, and there were other things that he jumped on me for, which were bad choices. And, you know, I deserved every bit of the criticism he gave me, which in turn, you know, and he said, hey, 
have respect for the business. And that's really what hit me because I didn't. So I decided that I'm, I'm not going to do it, which I, and before kind of getting in the car, you and I were talking and, you know, I didn't, the, the, the guy didn't really have anything for me, the, you know, the booker. And when we got there, he didn't even remember it. So it worked out good that it wasn't like I was, I just decided to pull out and left him in a lurch. The guy could have give a care less whether I was there or not. So let's, let me put that out there. I decided that if I'm going to do this, I want to do it right. I want to put thought into it and, and put work into it for my first time. Probably more so now that I had someone that was at the pinnacle of the writing wrestling business give me this advice and and help me out. He, he really did. Uh, now, do I feel like I took my ball and went home and pulled a Stone Cold Steve Austin? I don't know. I think I got smartened up. I had a uh, a million dollar education in that car, and I think I made the right decision by not going out there and embarrassing myself. So, and then I, I don't agree one hundred percent with that because to me, when you asked me for advice, I, I was you know what because you, you're smart when it like if you feel like something's gonna work for you, the stuff I'm like okay great you know I I can't. See it, but if you think it's going to work and you uh, great, I was so not worried about the character. I didn't care what you dressed up as, what your character was going to. I didn't care at that point. I was more focused on getting you in front of a live crowd so you can actually see how it feels. Mm -hmm. That's it. That that was my goal. That was step one. And you know, and maybe that's not Jimmy's step one. Jimmy's step one might be like. You work on your, you go out there and you be your character. You go 100%. Okay, maybe I feel like that's step, like steps two, three, and four and stuff. But step one, I feel like is, yeah. And I, I, and I said that to Jimmy. I'm like, that's what I was focused on with Dennis today is just getting out there in front of a live crowd, um, just just so he knows what it feels like. Cause it's different. What you imagine in your head is. I, I remember my first match, like. Uh, the way I, I practice in the school, Scott's like awesome. And then when I got to the back, he was like, "Where was all that charisma that you showed in this?" I was expecting that Petey Williams that I see in the school every week practicing matches out in front of the crowd. Where where was that guy? I mean, yeah, your animations, were, but you know, your other stuff wasn't there. And I'm like, ah, sorry, I was nervous. I know. I said, I, I, he goes, I know you were nervous. You know, and that's the thing. Nerves take over. And you kind of just want to go through the motions to get through it because you're like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into kind of deal? So that's what I want you to get out of it. And then that's when after that, you know what it feels like. You know what to expect now. You're not blindsided. So now you can be like, all right, uh, this is what I think would be great for character, all that kind of stuff. Maybe you do a couple one-liners when you're managing the guy like on the outside and you see something that's like, oh, that they really reacted to that. Well, then you play off that character. You know, You just don't know. You know, what happens if you went out there, that character, and it, it flopped and it didn't work, then would you be upset and be like, oh, this, is, this isn't for me? No. You know? So, I mean, there's so many different approaches to it. I mean, I, I agree with his approach, but um, if you wanted to, I could have been we, – we could have got you on the show. No problem. Right. Hey, he needs to be on the show. And the promoter would have said, oh, yeah, that's right. You, you did say that, but you told me. Not to push it. I respect you, like your your decisions and stuff. I know you didn't want it because you felt like 
after hearing Jimmy and all that kind of stuff that you weren't ready. And I was like, okay, we can wait till next time. And, and you, you know, you're right. Do you think I took my ball and went home? No, I think that, uh, and that's why it was very, I felt like, so first, like, you know, you've, you've, you've never been to a training school or anything like that. So it was very overwhelming to you. Like I, with the stuff we talk about, I've kind of eased you into it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. this is how it's kind of, and Jimmy was just like a 110 miles an hour, like just, and it's, and it's overwhelming. And when you get over, and I didn't want to overwhelm you, but when you get overwhelmed like that, it's easy to go, oh my God, man, what did I get myself into? Oh my, like, it's almost like you get cold feet on your wedding day. Like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Mm. So much is going on. Uh, and, and I, I know that's what you were feeling because you're like, man, I'm so not prepared for this. And, I, and you know what? Maybe you weren't like, like I said, usually like managers, usually managers are like failed wrestlers. We'll say not, not even failed wrestlers. Maybe they're great at talking. But they just don't have the athleticism or they're good in the ring or anything like that. Usually, man, like, look at Scott Demore. Okay, he was my manager uh, for Team Canada. He was Coach Demore, right? And he cut great promos and impact. You know, he went toe-to-toe with Dusty Rhodes on the mic, all that kind of stuff. But as a wrestler, he's a failed wrestler. He's great in the ring, actually. He's great. But for whatever reason, he didn't get his break. And so I look at Scott as a, as a failed wrestler, even though he is – awesome let me tell you like he's 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 a great wrestler but you know he found his calling more behind the scenes and being a manager and all that kind of stuff so for for you not having to even like you know went through one day of wrestling school or whatever like that i did not want to overwhelm you so i wouldn't say you took your ball and went home or anything like that i just felt like it was a little little much and be like oh my god i got so much more to learn before you however what did i say before i said you're never going to be ready. You just, you, you aren't, you almost got to be pushed into it, you know, rip the bandaid off quickly, get it out of the way. And that way I'd be like, all right, great. Got that out of the way, learning experience. Then you start your learning. So here's the behind the scenes. The, the, the funny part of this story is I, I say, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. And Jimmy's like, no, no, you're going to do it. And I didn't know if he would force me to do it as the wrestlers would call it a rib. Uh, teasing me like you, this is the bed you made you're gonna go out there and suffer so I started to panic I'm like all right you know what I'm gonna get ahead of the game so I jump in my car and drive the men's warehouse and I and I got a nice shirt and a nice vest I'm like you know what I'm gonna up my game a little bit he's right so and you know the the the, the thing I didn't tell him which made me seem kind of cooler on the way back was I was going to have to buy that stuff anyways. That's, you know, the vests and all that. So I wear that on an everyday basis and my had a couple getting old. So it was time to, you know, time to, time to replace it. So I wasn't going to get in trouble with the wife. So I go to men's warehouse. I dropped like 200 bucks. It was buy one, get one free. So I got four of them. I, I come back and I'm like, all right, Petey, if anything happens, you know, if, if, I'm prepared. I'm ready to go. And you're like, what the hell did you do? That's probably Well, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> at least you're ready for it. I mean, uh, just in case Jimmy was like, hey, let's get him on the show and stuff like that. 
Um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, Jimmy was like, hey, it's your call, man. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it, all that kind of stuff. And once you get to the show, we got so much other stuff to worry about yeah. rather than like, you know. But like I said, if you want to be on the show, I would have got you on the show. Um, but you definitely need a hat. Yeah, that that was the best part. <laughs> we spent more time talking about hat ideas. In that role, I would, I, it, and the one thing that Jimmy said that I did not agree with, and it kind of irritated me a little bit because I heard it throughout my years at ESPN and all this stuff was we criticized Roman Reigns in the car. And he throws that back in my face when he's like, Roman Reigns, you're criticizing Roman Reigns and you can't even pick an outfit? Like, you know, that's almost like, how can you talk baseball if you've never been a baseball player? So that was a little bit like, you know what? Hey, I've worked hard to get to where I am in this industry, whether it was football, baseball, or wrestling. Nothing, even this podcast with you and I, nothing has been given to us. We've we've clawed and scratched and, and carved out a nice little niche in the wrestling community. And I feel like my opinions are pretty valid, although I always come out and say it's from a fan's perspective. I don't try to paint myself as an expert because I'm not. But to be told that my opinion of a wrestler is is you know invalid because I can't create a a character for myself really felt like a kick in the in the groin to me. Um, I don't I don't know if you meant it like that. If you saw, and I mean, we can ask our listeners this too because a lot of people do criticize Roman Reigns. And but what did he say to you? He said, "Okay." He says, "You you don't like Roman Reigns as I, I don't know if he said character or whatever." What did he ask? He said, what would you do differently? Tell me what you would change right now. And then, you know, we talk about certain things and he's like, yeah, well, and then we kind of discuss that, right? Mm -hmm. Like he got, like one of the things we mentioned was the music, you know, switches music, you know, he's the only one that also has the shield music and stuff like that. And he was like, dude, when that music hits and he's been in those arenas on a weekly basis, he's like the crowd erupts whether it's in booze or cheers or a mixture of both soon as that music hits it's like an eruption so you know on that part i do agree with jimmy because that music like as much as when that music hits i'm uh, just because i like to see how the crowd reacts to roman reigns that's what i'm really interested in when that music hits it makes my eyeballs a little bit more glued to the tv like that's just and people know that music, right? And then, you know, we mentioned a couple other things and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and, and it's just that, you know, he's been on that writing end. He sees the problems, right? And they're trying, you know, to fix the problems that they can fix. And they, they that whole writing staff has thought about things like, oh, let's change his vest. Well, you know, like, you know, he's not the, you know, big, like, jacked brian cage type of guy you know he might have a little so let's cover him up a little bit you know what i mean um whatever else you want to change about him so i mean he he's open to ideas that's why he's like what, 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 what would you do maybe you thought of something that i haven't thought of um I, I, I don't know i mean something does have to change a couple of good things he mentioned was you know when you look at the history of wrestling it's always one guy right 
that they funnel everything towards. It was Hulk Hogan. Then you funnel it towards whoever was next after him, Bret Hart. Everything goes to Bret Hart. Then after Bret Hart, it was like uh, everything goes to Stone Cold. And then after Stone Cold, it was pretty much was like Cena right after that kind of, after the Attitude Era. Right. So everything funnels to Cena. And now it's like, okay, who's our guy? So they picked Roman and everything's funneling towards Roman because Cena's kind of already done. So then we then we had the opportunity, like, Jimmy asked us, well, who would you funnel everything towards? And that posed another great question. So it's all great questions that he's posing towards us. And other people need to think about, too. It's not just, oh, just do this. You know, so a lot of thought and effort does go into it. And obviously there's a lot of politics that we talk about that we won't talk about on here right now. But um, Roman's their guy. That's that's who it is right now until there's somebody else. And I'm not upset with that. But we look, we talk about him way too many times, and that was just an example of yeah. the conversation we had. Uh, other than that, the ride home was fun. I had I, – I, yeah. I really enjoyed listening to – to Uncle Jimmy talk. Uncle Jimmy. Yeah, I remember he said he was like, man, you guys should have been recording this right now in the podcast. And we should have. <laughs> and, I, and I said, Jimmy, you're dropping a little bit too many F-bombs for our podcast. But, what, but <laughs> we'll put a disclaimer beforehand. But you know what? That's exactly what we would do because I would not edit it yeah. one bit. That was such an amazing conversation. And I hope we get him on the podcast one day. Yeah, no, Jimmy's brilliant. Like, even when I, I, I've never got to see him, obviously, work in the WWE behind the scenes, but just like, and I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, like, the way his mind works, like, when we're sitting there, um, like, right in the show and all that kind of stuff, it's just like, it, it's just on a different level. I don't, he thinks like so many things ahead of time. Like, if I had mentioned something, he's like, yeah, that's good, but the reason why we can't do that is in show 127, we did this, and that goes towards this, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, holy cow. Like, okay, back to the drawing board kind of deal. Like, his mind just works on a different level. He's just on point when it comes. I, his calling, I believe, is like, you know, writing this show, developing storylines, maybe even building someone's character and stuff like that. Like, that, that's his calling, definitely. And... To wrap this up, put a little bow on this Buffalo trip. We got into talking about hats. And then the other day, you sent me a picture of you wearing an American cowboy hat, right? And you had, like, sexy PD face on when you sent it, by the way. The picture picture was hilarious. I laughed so hard when you sent it, more so than the hat. A day later, I go, hey, do you mind if I tweet this picture out? You're like, eh, go ahead. Little did I know I would have started a grocery war because I assumed with the, the color blue that you were at Walmart. Now, in, yes. in the Midwest, in Michigan, there's a chain called Myers. It's just like Walmart, more probably more so of a grocery store. Or Myers are like the Walmart superstores. So you go, and I tag walmart in it i believe right no yeah i tagged walmart in it and you're like ha yep. that's nice too bad i'm in the myers and then all heck breaks loose yeah walmart was like saying uh, they buried me a little bit um talking about since i was wearing an american cowboy hat they said something about uh, they blew my sparklers out probably reference uh, memorial day 
whatever the case may be. And then Meyer actually came back and stuck up for me and said like, oh, he looks like he chose the right place or he's a smart shopper or something like that. Um, no vision. They, they kind of, no vision. What's that? They had no vision in that tweet, by the way, because they didn't know who you were. Well, no. At, at first, I didn't think so. But then um, Walmart came back to me. Or no, I, I tweeted something like, hey, I know how I could solve this Walmart-Meyer uh, little battle. Um, my love is easily bought with uh, gifts. And I tagged them both in it. And Walmart came back and said, what would make the biggest impact in the capitalized impact the television that. show that i work for and i was like dennis i'm like what do we want as a gift like i don't even know I'm, I'm 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 out for a walk when i read this with my wife and my two kids the two of my kids are in uh you know our wagon we're, we're pulling them they're eating their popsicles everything's going good and i'm like dude i don't need anything in life i mean i got everything right here like my wife's like, oh, you want a trampoline? <laughs> like, we were trying to think what material stuff we want. I'm like, ah, I don't want a trampoline. I've had one before in my life, and it's it's actually kind of a pain when you have to move it when you cut the lawn and all that. So I'm like, man, I don't I don't know. Um, so I, I just asked them. I'm like, hey, you know, it'd probably be good if you put me in one of their com- one of your commercials. And I said we could discuss royalties later. Um, so. Nothing came of it. Yeah, I mean, they're probably not going to throw me in a Walmart commercial unless. What would what, you say? What should my slogans be? I said uh, maybe you should super kick savings. <laughs> or or, or <laughs> what was it? Uh, elbow drop prices. Elbow drop prices. That's good. So a nice play on words and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, it's all it's all good and fun. But it was just. It was nice to have you know a little a little war between a little Wikipedia, I guess. They care about where this one person shops, apparently. I think the funny part should be where they should let us go shopping in their store, and I'll be dressed up, and you're in your Canadian Destroyer stuff. Just Oh, yeah. Just nonchalant. Like, this is how we hang out every day of our lives. Yeah, I'm always dressed like Petey Williams. Like, back in the day when Hulk Hogan had that cartoon, like, rock and wrestling or whatever. Yeah. They were always in the wrestling gear. Doing everything. And like, that, oh, okay, yeah, that's what wrestlers do. And that I wanted to have a photo shoot of you and I doing something like that where we're getting tickets to a movie together or we're going shopping together and you're you're dressed in your wrestling gear like it's every day. Yeah, uh, it would be that would that would be great. I mean that sun shining and everything. Yeah. I mean that's I'm wearing my wrestling gear right now. That's what I do in my pod. I got to get in character, right? For right. the podcast. I, yeah, I'm wearing my wrestling gear right now. Absolutely not. I'm not wearing my wrestling gear right now. Before we move to a new segment, we're going to uh, I'd say debut or at least attempt here. Uh, I do have a birthday shout out. We got a couple email questions by the way, but uh, a good friend of the show, Michael Berry Jr who really helped us get into StarCast, and uh, he's done a lot for us. He's going to do some fantasy football stuff with me. Uh, it's his birthday several weeks ago, and I keep forgetting to give him a birthday wish, PD. But could you wish Mr. Barry a happy birthday? Because he doesn't care for me. Yes, he wants to hear it from Mr. Me. Barry. Uh, uh, I know you are born January 1st, so we're, we're a little late. Um, ha- happy birthday. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> All right, and let's get to the email I got. Uh, let's see here. Who is this email from? 
uh, it didn't really leave a name. I wish leave a name next time. He's got three questions. Yeah. Uh, one, oh, for, one for Petey. It would be awesome to have Rosemary and Sue Young form a tag team. Think it'll happen. Um, that's 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 a possibility. I mean, right now we discussed this on our podcast. Rosemary's out for. Per- I'm guessing a year. I mean, it's a torn ACL. Usually, it takes a year to, for you to get back and wrestling shape for that so um after you know storylines going stuff like that i mean yeah if if we if we get our our knockouts division up to where we have and we are you'll see in the like upcoming weeks we're bringing back uh some new knock well bringing back some knockouts that have been in the division before some newer knockouts and stuff so we're, we're currently building the division if we have enough knockouts hopefully we get some sort of stable or or whatever the case may be and yeah i mean what makes them so great adversaries adversaries is uh, opponents right yeah yep. okay what makes them great opponents is that they're s- like somewhat similar characters but different and that's what that's what made like kane and the undertaker right that's why they were both great opponents and then eventually they became a tag team and that's what made them a great tag team so that's definitely something that can happen in the future yeah do you do you think they'll introduce knockout tag team belts no i don't think so um it's just the more the more belts you have, it's just not good when you have a lot of belts. I mean, you should really have your primary belt, uh, a secondary belt, and then your your tag belts. I mean, that's that's all a company really needs. And if you look on uh, like Raw, that's what they have. Like it's on each division, mm-hmm. and, and including like a women's title too. But that's all you need. I mean, when you start doing like another belt and stuff like that, it's like okay, is it more important than that one belt, or less important, or yeah, I know it gives people to, you know, it, it's competitive. It gives people to a reason to fight for something. But that's why we have storylines and stuff. But uh, no, I, I knockout tag titles. I, I I don't think it'll happen. And I don't think you have the personnel in the women's division to to make sense to have a tag team belt because it'd only be you, you guys have what four or five women right now. Um, I, I would say like our main women, but like I said, we're bringing in more. Um, so we probably have like, I, I don't want to give any spoilers out, but I mean, it could be anywhere from 10 to 12. Like, so, I mean, we got some to choose from and everything. So, I know, I know Tessa already debuted, so that's not a surprise. Um, Madison rain came back. That's not a surprise. So, I mean, uh, you'll, you'll see, you'll see some more either familiar faces or new faces coming up soon. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this goes into the next question. Has Impact looked at Australian female wrestler Indy Hartwell? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Sometimes I bring up names uh, to management, and they're like, oh, yeah, we talked to that person already, or, um, yeah, that person reached out to us, or whatever the case may be. So maybe they have already. Uh, maybe they haven't. I, I'm not sure. You know, I keep pitching that I want to be an interviewer on Impact. I feel like I could pull this off like uh, the Tom Phillips role in WWE where he doesn't really have a personality, holds a mic. But I want to be old school where I only interview heels and they rough me up a little bit. You, you, you Kind of like the old The Rock and The Coachman. And I know that women are taking the interview jobs away from us men. <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm hanging my hat on right now is damn women always taking our jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but, you know what? Let's do one more car ride with Jimmy. Tell that, and then uh, maybe he'll talk you out of it, or maybe he'll give you some more insight of of uh, you know what you can do. But I think I I could fill that role pretty good. Where you know you just manhandle me a little bit to really get some heat. Yeah, I mean, you definitely. It, it can happen. It definitely could happen. You know, I mean, you don't want to see a a good guy kind of start burying uh, a female, right? I mean, that's that almost looks like abusive on TV. So it it definitely be a different aspect if they had a male, you know, that heel that the baby face roughed up. Yeah, I mean, why not? As I always say, why not? And the third and final question: Every week, I'm watching Impact production get better and the WWE get worse. Do you think? Uh, do you think because WWE uh, does not show the Universal title more that it's causing the show to decline and make the rest of the wrestle- wrestling less interesting? Um, I don't. That question seemed like uh, it didn't correlate um, the beginning and the end production into the importance of the title and importance of wrestling. I think it was complimenting um, impact that you guys are getting better and WWE is oh, getting okay. worse. I don't think WWE is getting worse. I just think that they're so far ahead of the game. It just hurts them. I love gritty raw wrestling production. I was a WCW guy. I liked impact and TNA and those are just more old school television production type things where WWE is so overproduced now, even the selfie videos are top of the line anywhere you look. If the WWE were to step back a little bit and maybe still be, you know, the top of the game, but a little more raw, I think it would help them out a, a lot more in terms of production. Yeah, I mean, I think we're getting better at production. Um I mean, when you look at the way we, like, I've been there when we film stuff, and it's literally, like, maybe, like, two takes. I don't know. He might have to do some close-ups and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, we'll see how this finished product looks in the segment. And it looks awesome. Like, I mean, it's just, it's all about the guy behind the camera, his vision, and how he's able to, like, kind of expedite things and uh, just make things happen. So, I don't know. I, I know in WWE they do a lot of takes and stuff. Like, oh, that wasn't perfect. Let's do it again. You know, we do a lot more cutaways and stuff. So it's not cheating in production, but like, it, it kind of is because you could take like uh, a couple seconds from this first take, maybe a couple seconds from this one take, and then close ups and stuff. So, uh, but that's the magic of television, right? Like, we, we have the, nobody's ever complained about it yet. So I guess we'll keep doing it, and people are liking it. It's no longer Cletus and his handheld doing it for you guys? No, no, not, not anymore. Boom, strike three. I'm on fire. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and as far as a universal title, I'm okay with it only because it's Brock Lesnar and it's believable. I, you know, here's the thing. We always complain that they need to have you know, wrestlers hold on to the belt longer. We always complain that they they ruin it by having you know the wrestler wrestle on every show against everybody else, and then they put that same match on the pay per view. Well, now they're doing something different, and now we're complaining about that. They're ultimately, and I had to think about this myself, but they're giving us everything that we want with Brock Lesnar. I hate the fact that it's not. Uh, 
defended on every pay-per-view as well as it should. That's uh, something Chris Jericho said, and I totally agree with. But I'm okay. Now, if you're trying to tell the same story with Roman Reigns, it just wouldn't work. It only works with Brock Lesnar, and I'm okay with it right now. Yeah, and I mean, when you, I don't know if we talked about this before, but you look back in the day when Hogan was champion, he was a part-time wrestler. I mean, he did movies and all this kind of stuff, and he wasn't showing up on Superstars when they did all those tapings and stuff like that. Like, you know, he wrestled like four major pay-per-views. Um, they probably, uh, probably in one day, they probably cut promos for probably like three months with him backstage or whatever. And, you know, maybe like he'd have a Saturday night's main event, but he was pretty much a part-time wrestler. I mean, I, I know I wasn't watching him. They were promoting him every week on TV, but I wasn't watching him wrestle a match every week on TV. So um, it's just a... It's a different day and age how they produce things and stuff, and I, I don't think it hurts it because it's not like they're forgetting about the Universal title. Like, everything that they're doing, they're talking about the Universal title. How can I get a shot at the Universal title? All this kind of stuff. So they're keeping it in the picture without having the guy actually have to defend it, and I think that's okay. Yeah, it, I would get tired of Brock Lesnar's shtick if he was on TV every week. It's just... Yeah. But I'm, my palate is cleansed when he's gone for a month or two. Now, he needs to be at every pay-per-view defending it. I will agree with that. But, you know, there are forgivable sins, I guess, in giving me what I finally want. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing. You look at, like, something like UFC. Like, you know, they're champions, not even their heavyweight, their featherweight, lightweight, all welterweight, all that kind of stuff. They don't defend at every pay-per-view. Like, they have... But they also have so many champions. But usually, like a belt is defended every pay per view, and that's what UFC does really good. Mind you, it's real fighting; uh, it's not wrestling. But you know, they do a good job of building up the champion in each weight class, and that's the luxury we don't have in wrestling. Uh, but th- that just goes to show maybe we could put more of importance on the Intercontinental Title. Maybe have that. Um, main event of pay-per-view when the heavyweight champion's not there. Put a little bit more importance on that. I mean, they did it before back at, you know, in England when Davy Boy Smith and, you know, Bret Hart faced each other. So maybe it can happen again, right? Yeah, I'm, I agree with that. Let's wrap this, pay, let's wrap this pay-per-view up, uh, this podcast yeah. up. We're going to do a top five list. This is something that, you know, I... When we first started doing the podcast, I floated out to you, and we both were like, eh, it's not the right time in our podcast to do it. We didn't want to be known as just the podcast that does a top five. But we figured, maybe not every week, but we try to sneak a top five in the end of a podcast just for fun. And this week, top five, PD, is the top five best entrance songs on the current roster right now. What is yeah. your... What so is, I- Let's go five, five, four, four, like that. So you're number five. Oh, I don't know if I have them in order, um, but I do, I do, I do have five that I really like. Well, let's. Um, it doesn't have to be in order, but just you know, you're. We'll we'll do one a piece. Okay, you want me to go first? Yes. Okay, so maybe like my number five would be uh, Ty Dillinger. I know what you're thinking, like Ty Ty Dillinger, really, but I mean. I just remember like watching him when he was like first starting to make his way into the roster, really getting over at NXT. That music hits, the crowd's into it with a 10 and stuff like that. Um, I think that's a good entrance 
theme song for for any wrestler. So I really like that one. Mine would be Bray Wyatt, which it could easily be that my number one. The the bass line, the slowness, that that song right there. I'm not sure if any theme song truly captures a wrestler's persona like that song does for Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I like it. Should we throw in a female one too? Like four males and a female? I can do that if you want. Okay. Well, we'll have to think about my female. All right. Um, okay, Let's. I'll give you another one. I'll say it. I'll say uh, Nakamura's. I mean, just that... Uh, it, his new one suits his heel character, but just his old one, his babyface one, the one he's been using like from NXT, just that opening, you know, guitar line followed by the the violin, making violin music cool again, like a rock beat to it and stuff like that. Um, you know, and I might be falling victim to like it's a cool entrance too, like with the lights and stuff, but I, I really like, um, you know, the music part of it. You know what? I'm going to go on a ledge here and put. My next one, for whatever the reason, I'm really drawn to Jinder Mahal's theme. The the okay, it, it suits him. It's it's great, and the the rap in it, it. I really like Jinder Mahal's theme song. I think that is one of the most underrated theme songs in the WWE. Okay, yeah, I can agree with you on that one. Um. Let's see. I will have to say uh, Finn, Finn Balor's music. Uh, you know, I just that the, the guitar riff in that, um, I, I'm a big fan of it. And, and, and once again, I could be falling victim to the actual like coolness of his entrance, but um, that music hits, the crowds into it. It's a, like a, a good beat, good tempo. Um, so I'm going to have to go with that one. That's a, that's a good one. The Miz. I really like the Miz's theme song. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't, see, I don't know if I'm a big fan of the Miz's um, music. I, you know, I, one thing I don't like a lot of is uh, is when they're singing. Because um, the voice, like this, the vocals can really make or break a song. So sometimes I like just straight up instrumental music. Um, so, Yeah. I'll throw my female one in there now. Mm-hmm. I would have to say, right after I say I don't like vocals in a in a song, I have to say Sasha Banks. Um, that has a cool opening beat to it. The crowd really gets into it. I remember back in NXT when she started using that music. Uh, you know, I was like, wow, you know, I'm really. And then this is before because I've never really heard of her, but she was really making her name for her NXT. I'm like, wow, this is some pretty good music. I'm like, they're doing really good with this. So, I have to say. Uh, her for my female, Alexa Bliss. I love that. Ba-dum, ba-dum. That that's. I'm not going to go any farther. By the way, it, it it really makes me pop when it hits. You know, can I can I throw one that I hate that just absolutely to me is yeah, the worst ahead. thing. And you don't have to put one up if you don't know it off the top of your head. But the one that I absolutely okay. hate right now is the is the Matt Hardy. The Oh, you're right. You know, I can agree with you on that. Was it the same one that he had? Um, I don't think uh, so. Because here's here's the problem. At the very beginning, it sounds like it's the beginning of the Beach Boys wipeout. That ha ha ha, the the laugh. It it just yeah. It takes me out of it. 
I whoever in WWE is doing that right now, please fix it. There's nothing. There's nothing about that theme song that is. Or at least the beginning of it. I think the rest of it's okay, but it just ruins it for me because every time I hear it, I just want to go, wow, you know? <laughs> okay. I can I can see that. Um, all right. I, I don't think you would guess that I would like this one, but I'm actually a really big fan of, of, of this theme music is, uh, is Seamus's uh, music that he's currently using. Um, I really like that. Like, I know it usually starts with Cesaro's music, but then it goes into, like, the, I guess it would be, like, a Scottish type of beat, but, like, more of a rock one. I really, really like Seamus's entrance music. I'm just a big fan of it. No, okay. I, I don't hate it. I think it's okay with the bar. You know, for maybe my fifth one, I'm I'm trying to think because... You know what? I'll go Seth Rollins. That burn it down, and yeah, that's a good one. I, I that's the safe one to go with. I I'll, I'll go with that. You know, it, it's safe. It's it's a good song. I guess we could go with the Shield too, which was not a bad one. Uh, but, yeah, but I think I think Rollins is safe. Yeah, no, I I like the the Shield's music. You know. I, I like the like Roman Reigns' current music. I like Seth's. I even like Dean Ambrose's with that. I don't know if it's like a motorcycle at the beginning or whatever. And th- that's some pretty catchy music too. So um, yeah, and mu- music plays a big part in a wrestler's you know entrance and just their character and stuff like that. So um, did you ever? Yeah, wrestle- I mean those are top five. What's up? Did you ever wrestle Dean Ambrose? You know, I'm gonna say no. I don't remember it, but I very well could have when he was John Moxley. So um, <laughs> I'm going to say no that, no that I remember. All right. And uh, Rollins, did he come up through the independent circuit or? Yeah, yeah. He used to work for Ring of Honor and stuff like that as uh, Tyler Black. So, uh, no, I'm very familiar with it. He was actually in a group with Jimmy Jacobs. Um, Jimmy was like the leader of the group and like he kind of took Seth under his wing and all that or Tyler Black, whoever you want to call him. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And a uh, little fun fact, um, Tyler Black, Seth Rollins, sorry. Seth Rollins is really, really good at Guitar Hero. Oh. Ooh. Remember that video game? I do. Yeah, like really good. Let's yeah. Let's wrap this thing up. What do you have upcoming that you want to promote? You know what? We got uh, the TV tapings in Windsor, Ontario, Canada on June 1st and 2nd. So that'll be next weekend. Um that will be those are gonna be fun shows. Windsor always draws a really big crowd. The last time we were there for a one night only pay per view, it was a really nice crowd. Um, I don't know if all of our talent's gonna be there. I know that some you know of the talent is tweeting like, "Yeah, I'll be there June or yeah, I'll be there June second. But they don't say anything about June first. So, but we'll get everything in. Um, and that that those TV tapings, it's gonna be interesting if you end up attending if you're in the area. Those will probably not air till like those will be our go home shows for uh, Slammiversary. Our Slammiversary is coming up July twenty second, so those are those shows are going to air in July. So you're going to be seeing stuff that hasn't even been revealed yet on our TV show that we already filmed before it's even revealed. So you, you, a, a lot of stuff might get spoiled um, if you attend the TV tapings because they're next weekend and we still 
are still building up storylines for all of June that haven't even aired yet, even though we're filming for July. So it's kind of interesting. But eventually, once we hit uh, Slammiversary, we'll be all caught up. So I hope to get front row seats for one of the two shows. That's not going to happen. I no. mean, those are very – you got to pay some good money for front row seats. So I, I uh, would, that's probably not going to happen since would, your tickets will be free. So I would actually pay – Believe it or not, I would pay to sit in the front row of one of the shows. That's that's on my bucket list. But I want. I, I think they're sold out. They they usually first and second row, even when it's not an impact taping. Just when we're at a Border City event, because that's where you're on Border City. Um, first, second, and I think even third row. Uh, those are VIPs. They sell out like very quick. Like hmm. I, I don't even know how much they sell for. They're they're they're, they're expensive, but they sell out pretty quick. Guys, sign up now. No no longer do we do Make-A-Wish. PD's doing Kill-A-Wish. Kill-A-Wish, yep. That, that's right. Yeah, you want it, you, you want that? Oh, yeah. No, that's not going to happen. You could, dreams, Sorry. come see PD. He will kill them for you. Well, well, maybe if you told me you were dying, then I could get your front row seats. I, All right? That, that's a real Make-A-Wish. I mean, I, I, I know you. everybody has a wish and stuff. We can't make everybody's wish come true, right? I stubbed my toe. Does that count? Like, you, you know what? I'm going to start tweeting all of my minor injuries. No matter how many minor how minor they are. If I stub my toe, I'm going to yeah, you know, I'm going to start tweeting that stuff. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> Thank you even though you had told me that earlier in the day. <laughs> so I stole I'm, your idea which you now have stolen back. Yeah, but people will think it was your idea. And I'm all about uh, letting you have your moment in the spotlight. So there you go. I'll edit this one out. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, we're giving away, starting next week, now that things have settled down, we're going to start giving away these autographed pictures that we talked about for the last month. In order for you to get a chance to win one, all you have to do is, if you have iTunes, go over to iTunes, rate the podcast five stars subscribe to it leave a comment it helps us and it puts you in a chance to win these autograph pictures now you can take a snapshot and send it to us or i go by the trust factor here so go ahead and email us and say hey i did this uh wrestling perspective at gmail.com or you can go to wrestling perspective podcast.com and uh email us there from the contact form now I hear you out there saying, well, Dennis, maybe I don't listen to my podcast on iTunes. Well, we have a YouTube channel. If you go over there and subscribe to the YouTube channel, that's just as good. If you subscribe on wherever you listen to your podcast, if you subscribe, great. Now, if you just listen from a link and that's how you listen to it, tell your friends. Write a post on Facebook. Write a post on Twitter about how you love the podcast and you got to go out and subscribe. That enters you into the chance to win. We have two Ellsworth, three P.D. Williams pictures. I know P.D. Williams personally, so I might be able to get more pictures down the line if we want to do this again. You do? I do. Believe it or not, me and P.D. Williams, pretty good friends. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to brag. (laughs) I don't think it's bragging. P.D., where can people find you on Twitter? Uh. I, P.D. Williams. And you can find me at uh, Dennis77Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Go over to our Facebook page, Wrestling Perspective Podcast, and you can find those and everything else at WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. Help us grow. Subscribe and tell your friends. That's all we ask, right, P? 
Oh, that's right, Dennis. That's all. That's all we want. That's all we need, and we'll keep doing this for you guys. Yep, and thank you for the emails. Happy birthday, Michael Berry Jr. Uh, thanks for reaching out to us. And look, that's that's it. That's the podcast for this week. It's the longest podcast we've ever done, and we're ending it now, PD. All right. Well, let's and and, and don't cut me off when I say this. Okay. Okay, you're gonna cut me off. No. Okay. All right. That, that was good. Okay. There we go. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Say bye, Pete. Bye.